Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look at some of the crime headlines this afternoon. Pizza delivery driver killed while helping assault victim. 93-year-old Moreno Valley homeowner shoots and injures intruder. We're going to talk now about West Hollywood. And this is one of those places where there's enough city officials who believe in defunding the police. They also believe that we may be better off with what they call security ambassadors. West Hollywood is not part of the city of L.A. It's not covered by LAPD. They contract with the... L.A. County Sheriff's Department and the city council voted. It was controversial. It was three to two to move ahead with the plan to cut back on the L.A. County Sheriff's Department patrols and use that money, as it put, they put it in this story, to strengthen other public safety programs like these security ambassadors. These are unarmed people who wear blue shirts and, I don't know, walk around and they see something bad. They call police. It doesn't make sense. It passed without the support of actually the West Hollywood mayor, who was a big opponent of reducing the sheriff's presence in the city. We have a chance to talk to L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva about this. Welcome back to the show, Sheriff. Uh, thank you. Thank you. How are you doing, Ken? Good. Are you over COVID? Are you okay? Over COVID and back to work. All right. Well, uh, I guess you knew this was coming. This is just news here, but I'm sure you knew this idea was coming. Yeah, you still got those lone outposts of civilization that never got the president's memo to fund law enforcement, and they want to go in the opposite direction, defund in the middle of a crime wave. Yeah, what do the West Hollywood numbers look like? Do you have any idea of the crime numbers? Well, we got a one-year increase from May of last year to May of this year of 137% increase in crime overall, which is uh, frightening in of itself, but then... We're going to reduce the sworn presence in the city at the same time. So we're talking about uh, going in opposite directions in a very bad way. Yeah, what kind of a cutback is this in terms of uh, the sheriff's uh, deputy presence there? Well, they got 69 budgeted positions. They currently have 56 because of the county's uh, defunding and hiring freeze. So they're short already. And this is going to drop in another four, so they're going to be down to 52 when they should be 69. So that means response times are going to increase. The caseload on detective is going to increase uh, per detective because there's just not enough people to handle the increased workload. And uh, community is going to be less safe courtesy of this new majority of the city council. Yeah, and did they talk to you about it at all, or they just made this decision unilaterally? And this was unilaterally sprung a surprise. That swing third vote, uh, the person was out, I guess, on vacation for a few weeks, and uh, our Captain Mulder at the station, a new captain, he was just totally blindsided by this because there was a very vocal minority on the Public Safety Advisory Committee. They were all championing uh, uh, the defunding of law enforcement, anti-law enforcement from the get-go. This includes the daughter of the owner of the L.A. Times. Apparently she has a P.O. box in West Hollywood, so oh. that makes her a resident. 
No, we, yeah, we've talked about her. She's really woke crazy. Oh, yeah. And so, and this is all Lindsay Horvath. This is her campaign to become supervisor, how she's campaigning to get rid of as many cops as possible. Yeah, she's a city council person in, in West Hollywood, but she is trying to get on the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. That would be, be a horrible thing. Uh, pretty much for the county overall, yes, because she wants to continue the legacy of Sheila Kuehl of defunding law enforcement and propping up the homeless industrial complex. And West Hollywood, we talked about earlier this year, there was a guy that was trying to chase down women and sexually assault them. They've got to be out of their minds. Security ambassadors, what do you know about that? Well, I, all i got to do is look at Santa Monica. They have their ambassadors, same type of city council. It's been an absolute failure. The promenade business owners are losing their mind. They can't attract tenants to their shops. They can't keep business open. It's half-boarded up, overrun by the homeless. And But at least the majority of the city council feels better about themselves. And I don't think it's a money problem because apparently they had $85,000 to upgrade their rainbow crosswalk to be more inclusive of the diverse LGBTQ community. I don't know if you saw that story, Sheriff. Uh, no, it doesn't surprise me, though, because, you know, what? if they want to increase other facets without decreasing the law enforcement presence, that's fine. And we can all work in collaboration, even go the nonprofit route, people that want to help. No problem. But when you're taking away the framework that makes the crooks be afraid, well, then you're really harming the residents. So have you heard any blowback from West Hollywood residents who are reaching out to you guys trying to say, what can we do here to stop this from happening? Oh, the blowback was in instantaneous. From the council meeting on Monday night, the letters that everybody's putting on WeHoville and on social media, and you got one angry mayor in the city council that voted against this reckless policy. And I think uh, people are just fed up with this uh, virtue signaling where they're doing experiments with other people's lives. And they're just tired of it. Yeah, what are security ambassadors going to do when you have somebody who, like I just mentioned, the guy that was trying to sexually assault women running around? What good does that do? Are they supposed to just call something in and then your deputies respond anyway? I don't understand. Well, they're going to do exactly that. They're going to call it in, and then there's going to be less deputies available to go respond to them, to the problem. See that how that works? Yeah, I don't know. The insanity continues. All right, Sheriff, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Appreciate it. Uh, you got it. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Sheriff Alex Villanueva, L.A. County, responding to this decision by the West Hollywood City Council. There's about 35,000 people that live in West Hollywood. A lot of them are not happy. And you may see, oh, this is probably a woke community, but they can see 137% increase in reported crime in West Hollywood in the last year. Right? That's, that's shocking. And some of it, like in other parts of L.A., has been pretty brutal, like the guy that I mentioned that was chasing down women that he wanted to sexually assault. But nevertheless, you know, this crowd that believes it's these true believer woke people that we have to defund the police. So they're going to cut back on the patrols by the L.A. County Sheriff's Department in West Hollywood and replace them. And they, they put it this way. But we'll be able to find we'll be able with that money. We'll have more security ambassadors to walk around the city and notice the crime as it happens and maybe get on a walkie-talkie or a cell phone and try to get some help. Terrible, terrible decision, but, you know, I guess West Hollywood, not particularly surprising. All right, when I come back, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to have a shot at some money. 
but you need to listen for the keyword to enter at the website, kfiam640.com. John and Ken show on KFI, and it's a editorial that appeared in the El Segundo Times that was written, if you scroll to the bottom, by a couple of public defenders. So it's really not surprising, shouldn't be taken seriously, if not laughed at. But it begins with this. The Los Angeles County Superior Court leadership recently announced it would end a common sense, that's underlined, policy adopted in April of 2020 that helped limit the spread of COVID-19 in jails. It was the court's emergency zero bail order. It's allowed people accused of misdemeanors and other lower level crimes. I always like that. To, this part's really great. Let me read the whole thing. The court's emergency zero bail order has allowed people accused of misdemeanors and lower level crimes to work and care for family members rather than sit in dangerously overcrowded jails while awaiting trial. The Superior Court is set to end the policy on Thursday without any evidence it'll lead to increased public safety. See, I don't remember that that long ago. LAPD got out there, talked to the press and said, oh, we've got several guys. They're committing robberies, but because they're considered lower level offenders, they're released without bail. And guess what? They go back and commit more robberies. They're seeing this in New York. There's a story. There's a woman in New York. They're calling her a professional booster. When I first saw the picture, I didn't really understand it was a woman. But uh, apparently, she has been arrested 100 times for shoplifting and released every time. Michelle McKelly was arrested last weekend for grabbing $125 worth of goods from a CVS in Lower Manhattan and was freed because the state of New York has the same kind of policies we do. They don't want, she has failed to appear in court 27 times on her multitude of past arrests. This is a way to handle criminal justice? This is madness. So the argument, of course, from these public defenders, besides the fact that they could be home caring for family members and working, you think these people who are arrested for these crimes, that's what they're doing with the rest of their time? They're laughing at you. Your no bail policy, they're laughing at you. You talk about revolving door justice, there's no consequence. There's not even a bail consequence. Of course, the argument made is that the LA County jails are overcrowded. We'll build more of them. But as you know, that led by the LA County Board of Supervisors, they want to close all of the LA County jails. They want to turn this into some sort of uh, rehabilitation centers, something like that. Some of it deals with mental health. Wow. So the story goes on, of course, to make the case that these people are too poor since they can't afford bail. They have no option but to stay in jail. It doesn't make any sense. And they always try to sell you on the fact that this is low-level offenses. They say that. Just like the L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon says that. But don't believe that. And people escalate. People now that are committing, you know, what they consider low-level shoplifting crimes or drug offenses, they'll graduate to the next level of crime. A lot of them will because there are no consequences. You reap what you sow. And this kind of treatment of people who commit crimes is what's only going to make this worse. We're seeing this all the time. You may have heard the story. It's been on KFI News. 
that there were three convenience store robberies overnight in L.A. County between 12 and 2 a.m. Three people wearing dark clothing and masks. First robbery was at a 7-Eleven in Pomona. I'm guessing they might be the same people that just went from one to the next. This happened just before 1 a.m. And they took money from the register and then ran. Another robbery 15 minutes later in Diamond Bar. They took register from the store and they ran off. This is all being reported by the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. By the way, that was the second robbery within three days at the Diamond Bar 7-Eleven. Nice. Do you really want to be in that business right now where you're... That's liquor stores, 7-Elevens, because they're open overnight when the worst things happen. That's got to be like one of the most dangerous jobs to have, especially if, you live in, if you're doing this in California and you're doing this in L.A. County, where, as I mentioned, there's no consequences for anything. Finally, around 2 a.m., there was a call for help at a 7-Eleven in Whittier. They took the actual cash register, jumped out into a car, in addition to the robberies mentioned above, another robbery occurred at a 7-Eleven in uh, the city of Industry on Monday. Five robberies just in the same general vicinity. And we understand from producer Ray, who knows Whittier well, that this is the same 7-Eleven, the one in Whittier, on Whittier Boulevard, where a famous case came about on the John and Ken show, which uh, led to the final execution of a man by the name of Tuki Williams. This is back in like 2005. He's one of the last people to be executed in the state of California before it got all cut off by uh, Jerry Brown and judges and carried on by Governor Dippity Doo. But that robbery resulted in the death, so I think of a couple of employees at the 7-Eleven. But welcome. I mean, we've been doing this show for years. And ever since Prop 47 passed in 2014. We have been watching, and then we get a mayor like Garcetti, and then we get this makeup of the Board of Supervisors. Let's forget the LA City Council. That's been a lost cause for years. And then you get a DA like George Gascon, and we're just watching this accumulate and accumulate. Because just like with homelessness, with crime, if there are no consequences, people will repeat the behavior. There's nothing to be learned from it. And they're being enabled by this crowd of elected officials, which decides that we're safer if we have more criminals on the streets, if we have more homeless people on the streets. All right, when I return, my guest is going to be Brandon Judd. Brandon is president of the Border Patrol Council. That's the union for Border Patrol agents. What we'll be talking about is the horror show that was revealed down in San Antonio, Texas. We have now learned that 53 migrants were found dead in that tractor trailer, which apparently had picked up the migrants after they were smuggled over the border. We don't know how long they drove, but this refrigerated truck had no refrigeration, no AC, there was no water, there was no windows. And that's why so many people died. We'll get Brandon's perspective coming up next. On the John and Ken Show on KFI, we're going to get right into it. We have an opportunity here to speak to Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council. That's the labor union that represents the Border Patrol agents. And it's about the migrant deaths. We understand this afternoon the number of migrants who died in that tractor trailer 
down in San Antonio has hit 53 as they still try to sort out this tragedy. And Brandon, of course, and the Border Patrol know all too well smuggling operations that can lead to these kinds of disasters. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. All right. What is your understanding of the circumstances of what happened down there with this uh, truck that apparently had no air conditioning? Uh, I mean, this is something that we see on a regular basis. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny that the left is using this and saying this that, and and saying that this is an example that the border is closed because they're going to extreme measures. And that's just not true. Uh, people that don't want to be detected or apprehended, they're going to go through extreme measures. We see this all the time. Um, we've seen that throughout my entire 25-year career um, in the Border Patrol. And, and so it's not an example of the border being closed. In fact, it's an example of the border being open. The reason why it's an example of that is we just don't have the manpower in the field to detect um, these types of uh, incidents that are taking place. This this uh, semi-trailer went through a checkpoint, and because our personnel are are ostensibly being used to, to do administrative duties such as processing, hospital watch, transport, um, and detention security, all duties that we're not supposed to be doing, um, but because of the, the huge flood and illegal immigration, um, that's what we're relegated to, to doing. We just didn't have the, the people in the field that would have allowed us to detect this smuggling event taking place. And that is a tragedy. But let's be clear. This is it, it's a tragedy because it's such a large number of people at one time. But if you look at this fiscal year, we've already had 509 deaths on the border this fiscal year. Well, let me ask you this. What are the guidelines when a truck like this is coming through a border crossing? What are the agents supposed to look for? How do they handle that? So this this truck did not, um, as, as far as I know, it didn't come across the border from Mexico. These people crossed the border illegally. They did not cross through the port, a port of entry. They then loaded into the tractor trailer in the United States, and then they drove north, and they went through a, a Border Patrol checkpoint um, that is not right on the border. Um, right. You know, we have these checkpoints. We have these checkpoints. They're, they're to, they're, they're, uh, the main purpose is to stop smuggling, um, uh, the furtherance of a smuggling event. Uh, but we just didn't have the resources um, at that checkpoint to properly detect this event. Let me ask you this, because uh, the response has been, well, yeah, closed borders. But uh, if the borders were open, why would people need to be smuggled into a tractor trailer into the United States, or at least when you're saying now they were put into the truck after they got into the U.S.? Why do we have to do that? The border's wide open because of Biden. People don't need to uh, to smuggle into the country illegally anymore. Well, so you've got you've got two things that are happening on the border. You've got the people that are crossing the border illegally, and they don't care. They don't care that we detect them. They don't care that we're that we're fingerprinting them. That we that we find out who they are and whether or not they have a criminal record here in the United States. But then you've got the other people that are trying to avoid apprehension. They don't want to be detected. Um, They don't want the government to know that they're here. And those are the people that are embedding themselves in the tractor trailers or in these very, very dangerous situations that we're seeing across the entire border. You know, you got to look at the the numbers of people that have been released into the United States under what we've dubbed the catch and release program. And that's been over a million, about a million and uh, 1,200,000 people have been released. But then you also have those people that, that are in these smuggling events that are trying to evade apprehension that we call gotaways. And there's been nearly a million of them as well. And those are the people that do not want to get caught. They don't want to be detected. The smuggling operations too are quite lucrative for the cartels, aren't they? 
Oh, extremely. And, and it's, it's, it's very disappointing to us because what we're doing by, by the catch and release program, which is the main magnet that's allowing these cartels to go out throughout the world and advertise their services, we're enriching them. Our policies are enriching, are enriching these very, very dangerous organizations. We just saw this event. It clearly shows these cartels do not care about life. They do not care if people die. All they care about is the bottom line. They just care about making money. And because business is so booming right now, the, the amount of money that they're making is astronomical. We've just never seen anything like this before. The details we're hearing, too, about this particular incident in San Antonio that perhaps the smugglers pulled over to the side of the road realizing that something was going on in the back, maybe people trying to get out, and when they discovered what was going on, did you hear that they may have put uh, food seasoning over them to try to uh, cloak the smell? No, I, I didn't hear that. I, I, I don't know the specifics of it because this is not a a border patrol event. This is gonna this is turned over to um, um, Homeland Security Investigations. Texas DPS was involved in the investigation, so we didn't have a hand in this. Um, those people that that and and you know the the death toll is up to fifty three. There are still several individuals in the hospital in critical condition, so the death toll could actually go up. But once those people then come out of the hospital, then they'll be turned over to, to Border Patrol custody. What's your take, too, on this year and a half or so we've had of Biden as president? Uh, we've had you on the show, obviously, a few times since Biden's become president. But honestly, things haven't changed. I just saw the latest migrant encounter numbers. They were just off the charts. Yeah, it, things just keep getting worse. I, I thought, you know, any any intelligent person would have thought um, the first three months of the Biden administration, when, when they hit up to 170,000 apprehensions in one month, we thought we hit the ceiling. We thought for sure the administration was going to have to do something about it. The problem was, was the mainstream media covered for them. They weren't reporting it. They weren't telling the American public what was going on. And so because of that, they were allowed to continue status quo, and the problem has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And let's be honest, the mainstream media, even with this event, they're buying into this whole uh, preposterous notion that, well, the border's closed. Look, they're going through extreme measures, and they just will not tell the American public the truth. Yeah, I don't know what the border's closed means to them, because with the number of migrant apprehensions, clearly the border isn't closed, because as you just talked about, the getaways, the catch and releases, it's really out of control more than it ever was during a Trump's four years. Now, it's, it's more than, than anything that I've ever seen. And it's not like it's close. You know, when we talk about we're breaking records here and we're breaking records there, it's not like we're breaking records by a little bit. We're breaking records by double the amount previous. Um, and and that's, that's scary when you consider the people that are entering the country. We're dealing with people from, from countries around the world, uh, um, you know, the Middle Eastern countries, Eastern European countries, Western African nations. We know those countries. They do not like the United States. They want to do us harm. And yet that, those are a lot of uh, the people that we're dealing with. And so when you consider the gotaways, when you consider – that nearly a million people have been able to enter this country without detection, that's a scary thought. Um, and we might not know what the actual outcome is for a couple of years, but ultimately it's going to hurt the American people. Yeah, they've, they've picked up people that have been on the watch lists, terror watch lists. I mean, yeah. it's 
bizarre. So we're waiting now to see what happens with the Title 42. And I think the Supreme Court is looking at the Remain in Mexico policy, aren't they? They, they are. The, the problem with that is, is, is the administration is always going to exercise what's called prosecutorial discretion. Um, they're going to determine whether or not they have the resources to prosecute these people or send them back to Mexico. And if they say they don't have the resources to do it, then there's no teeth to the ruling. What the Supreme Court is going to rule on is whether or not the, the Biden administration um, legally get away with the Remain in Mexico program. Uh, but they can't tell them that you must send every single person back. Now, what I do anticipate is there's going to be more lawsuits, um, you know, challenging the notion that the administration doesn't have the resources. And those lawsuits are, are, are going to be huge. But the first step is, is get the Supreme Court to rule on this. Hopefully they rule um, in, in what I believe is lawful. Um, which is that the Remain in Mexico program should uh, remain in place. And if they do that, then, then um, other lawsuits can follow. All right, Brandon, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a lot for taking some time. Appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council, commenting on the horror that was discovered the other day in San Antonio, Texas. The death toll is now 53. The migrants who were jammed into the back of the tractor trailer. It was a refrigerated truck that had no air conditioning. More coming up on the John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. And a couple of other notes about that tractor trailer. They're calling it the migrant death truck in San Antonio. They arrested two guys, illegal immigrants. They're right now charging them with gun crimes. The third guy is the actual guy that drove the truck. Homero Zamorano, 45. They actually have a picture of him behind the wheel of the trailer when it passed through the Border Patrol checkpoint that you heard Brandon Judd mention. That's in Ensenal, Texas. This is about three hours before the dead people were discovered. He's smiling as he passes through the checkpoint, probably realizing, ah, we made it. Uh, also, apparently, when he was finally caught, he pretended that he was one of the victims. Oh, my God, these people deserve the death penalty. And if it's true that they spread meat seasoning over the bodies to hide the odor. Un-freaking believable. All right, well, we'll end the show with a couple of things that are happening nationally. A lot of abortion protests today in L.A., is that? No. People aren't taken to the streets over the Roe v. Wade? No. What? Are, oh, right. It's the, the uh, insurrection hearings they're, they're obsessed with now and... We've learned that there may be some doubts over the story that got the biggest headlines yesterday, that Trump lunged at the limo driver and grabbed him by the shoulder. And I said yesterday that was a secondhand story. And now the Secret Service guy that's allegedly said that, according to this aide to Trump's chief of staff, is saying, oh, no, I'll testify. That didn't happen. Trump didn't lunge at the driver and grab them by the shoulder. It's Trump's an emotional, out-of-control guy, but, you know, not every story is to be believed. The vice president, Kamala Harris, has had to walk back part of what she said in a CNN interview about the prospect of Joe Biden running for re-election. Quote, she told Dana Bash on Monday in the interview, Joe Biden's running for re-election, and I'll be his ticket mate. Full stop. Right out of the Gavin Newsom playbook. Full stop. Apparently today, well, the president intends to run. And if he does, I'll be his ticket mate. We will run together. So a little softening of the statement. We thought you would enjoy this little audio clip from that same interview. She's asked, of course, about Roe versus Wade. 
most of this is a word salad. The other one I heard about her, which is a pretty good one, she's a random word generator. It's a pretty funny one, too. Just things that come into her head, she just babbles. So as she babbles here, listen to the part, which got the most attention, where she seems to be able to define what a woman is. Here we go. I couldn't believe it because um, they actually did it. And, and here's what they did. They, the court actually took a constitutional right that has been recognized for half a century and took it from the women of America. It's like listening to a That's teenager. shocking. When you think about it, Restating in terms the of obvious. what that means, in terms of democratic principles, in terms of the ideals upon which we were founded, about liberty, about freedom, um, you know, I thought about it as, you know, a parent. We have two children who are in their 20s, a son and a daughter. I thought about it as a godparent of teenagers. I thought of it as an aunt of, of, of preschool children well, and, a woman killing time. and a woman myself <laughs> and the daughter of a woman. Yes. And a granddaughter of a woman. What? And, you know, my you husband are? and I are actually talking about it. We have a 23-year-old and my mother-in-law is in her 80s. Our daughter will it's not his daughter. know the rights for the, for the amount of time that my mother-in-law knew these rights, which is the right that that should be well <laughs> settled that a woman should have to make decisions about her own body and when we think about it everyone has something at risk on this who knew i mean she was in california politics quite a while she was our attorney general she was a senator she did she wasn't put this much into the spotlight before she really has she cannot speak off the top of her head it is pathetic it is hard to believe. I, people said that she was a pretty good interrogator in the courtroom, but oh my God. Really and the daughter of a woman. Yeah. And that's, a granddaughter of a woman. Thank you for clarifying that. All right, Conway's here. Hey now, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, every woman in the world right now is a daughter of a woman. Uh, well, what about if, yeah, what about if the person that was their birthing person no longer identifies as a woman? Hmm. I think when you were born, I think it's still uh, chalked up as a W. <laughs> like a win. Like a win. Yeah, right. <laughs> they get uh, the win. Don't uh, you love her? Isn't she remarkable, Harris? She really yeah, just, you she's know, spellbinding. But everybody going into it thought she was really smart because nobody ever really heard her speak before. Exactly. And she got, you know, so ahead of, uh, of everything. I mean, she did everything so quickly and all of a sudden she's vice president. But people don't remember going back to Iowa. Nobody voted for her in Iowa. She less, ended up with less than one half of 1% of the vote in Iowa. Yeah. And now she's a deer in the headlights, restating the obvious and talking to us like we're five years old. Yeah, I feel bad for her, though. I mean, she's she has, uh, you know, the public doesn't like her. Uh, the the, uh, the Democrats Biden, don't like her. Biden, Biden doesn't like her. Biden doesn't like her. I guess Jill uh, Biden hates her. It's It's horrible. <laughs> You know, but she was told by that that old uh, husband of yours, Billy. Um, uh, what's his name? The uh, the old guy that she was dating up in San Francisco. Uh, Willie Brown. Willie Brown. Willie Brown. Willie Brown called her and said, don't take this job. It's going to be the worst move of your life. 
And she said, no, she goes, I want this job. And she took it. it was yeah, he, he gave her the step up into political life. Right. So. But he told her, he said, this is not, uh, you know, this is not, the, you know, California local politics. This is international politics. And you don't know anything about the, that nasty stuff. Right? Um, all right. Steve Gregory is coming on at 605. So short, yeah. just uh, shortly. And then there was an L.A. Uh, uh, PD standoff that went on for a long, long time up in uh, Sunland there. One of the other okay. uh, cool areas of uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> and uh, a woman has been uh, airlifted. After her home exploded in Victorville. Oh, oh my God. Boy. Yeah, it was horrible. Wow. Horrible. And then R. God, Kelly. I bet you she used natural gas. See, natural gas is bad. Yeah, that'll kill you. That'll kill you. Uh, but uh, R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison after uh, sex trafficking convictions. I don't know how old he is now, but man, 30 years, that's a long time, bud. Yeah, it is. I think it's a federal case, so you often have to serve that, I think. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, it involves no. sex trafficking and stuff. I think it might be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's worth it, right? I think whatever you, a fantasy you have up in your head, keep it up in your head and uh, you know, don't uh, involve uh, your shorts, right? <laughs> he's 55. Okay, so he's going to be 85 when he's out? Wow. Oh, Man, God, oh, <laughs> Imagine going to an 85-year-old uh, R. Kelly concert. <laughs> but he didn't have a hit. He, uh, uh, Eric, what was his big hit? He had a huge hit. I believe I can fly. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. that's right. That was a big hit. Huge. I believe I can fly. Series. Wait, what was it? About a girl being trapped in the closet. Oh, I didn't know. C- come on. You always have to be Debbie Downer and get that. That song oh, is about. Oh, my God. There's like that's 30 it. versions of it. It's a, it's a whole thing. Oh, oh wow. that's horrible. All right. I believe I could fly. Oh. All right. Ding dong. <laughs> right, ding dong. He, didn't, he didn't record ding dong from no, what he I understand. Didn't. No, no. I, that's uh, mine. That's uh, mine. That's mine. No, kind of no, makes no. sense yeah. when you think about it. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, KFI right, and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.